Traversing the far caverns, my soul was led deep into the tomb of my ancestors by a single male spirit draped in white. Amongst the depths were caves, each one holding a set of dry white bones. Walking quietly and methodically by each tomb, I gazed at the bones as a misty image began to emerge, and the spirit of each ancestor slowly appeared from the ether, quietly standing and turning to reach a singular hand to my soul. Images of about twenty unknown ancestors rose to meet my soul as I walked by their individual resting places. Gently nodding as I slowly passed, I allowed myself to take in their many faces. Feeling their beckon, I could not inquire further at this time, but acknowledged in silence their need and my calling. Perhaps one of them was Ma Crane, my grandmother's sister who had founded and run a maternity hospital in Provo, Utah before the hospitals had been built. Or my grandfather on my mother's side who was forced to become a German soldier during World War II. What stories he had to tell, but he didn't live long enough for me to hear them. How odd it is to think that my children's ancestors were fighting on opposite sides of the battlefield in that horrific time. What if my other grandfather on my father's side was among them? He had died to save the life of one of my cousins by throwing her out of the way of an oncoming car and taking the impact upon himself. Certainly such an act shows a soul who held great care and interest in the lives of his grandchildren. Perhaps some of those bones represented my earlier Mormon ancestors who crossed over to Utah from the east with Joseph Smith or my great-great-grandmother who was involved in a polygamous marriage. Others could have been a number of carpenters who had fulfilled a long line of apprentice descendants of mine in Germany from my mother's family. Hard to tell, but I was being urged forward by my guide, so I moved ahead. Ahead of us was a grand tomb, gilded in gold, pearls, and jewels, standing magnificently before us. Having reached the end of the line of caverns, we emerged upon an open vista which sparkled in the color of blue-green. Without speaking, my guide conveyed to me that the golden shrine was the tomb of the Ten Commandments. As he reached his hand forward in invitation to enter, amazed and thrilled, I walked towards this magnificently quaffed specimen which emanated holiness beyond my comprehension. Walking inside the small entryway, all went black. Emerging from the clouds, the darkness came in a powerful wind towards me and my family. Thrusting ourselves to the ground, we gathered together to protect one another during the attack, but were not fast enough. Shouting to Andy, I said, throw yourself on top of Jake, but he didn't respond quickly enough, and Jacob was being blown out of reach. An interior voice spoke within me, and it said that my recent attempts to record the music beyond Galactica were being generated by my ego rather than God's will. Thus I had given entry for dark forces to assault me both physically and spiritually. Because I had heart failure, recording vocally was very difficult on my body, and doing so to great lengths was no longer advised. Acknowledging my mistake and recognizing from the scenario that I had made a grave misjudgment, it was clear that my children should always be my first priority and I should do nothing that would put them in danger of losing their mother any sooner than absolutely necessary. Standing in an office that I had worked at as a younger woman, 
I was remembering the many people with whom I had known in the general dynamic of this long-ago place. All of us had lost contact many years before, and in fact I'd forgotten many of these people who had once been such important friends. Interestingly, I was shown a former boss who had demonstrated certain issues, and was shown that this had continued and expanded during his life. Chuckling to myself, I walked around the office to observe how people were currently doing, and most of them were doing quite well. But when I casually walked over to the cubicle of two older men who had watched over me in my youth, I was greatly surprised to see that it was empty. Although I had not known them that well even when I'd worked in this environment, they had always kept an eye on me in a fatherly way, looking out for me because I was young and inexperienced in the world.